0: Welcome back. Uh, so I just had an interesting call, and Ron, I suspect you're listening, so your call is on my mind. And <laughs> Julie and I were just talking about this prior to the podcast. Um, and and uh, we get a lot of, you know, this this guy's a Ron is a, a coaching member, he's in premier coaching podcast listener, really really nice guy, um, exceptionally smart. Came from a professional background, 60 years old, um, just really an impressive work history. Came into real estate as a second career, maybe even a third career. So he and I were having this conversation. He was talking about how to compete in his marketplace and just, you know, what his competition is doing, and this lady who's in his marketplace. And, Ron, don't worry, no one knows you. are. I didn't use your last name, so just chill in case you're thinking I'm talking out of church here. I'm not. And um, so, yeah, so we had this conversation, and he was was, uh, – my perception was is he was trying to look for an easy button as to why a competitor in particular was – uh, dominating the marketplace and his thought was it's because this person sponsors a lot of events which a lot of people do in an upper end type market you're going to spon- you know that's that's a good idea but the, the point I made to him is that you know and this is something I want all of you guys to think about why was he asking the question in the first place he you know, the guy had been in the business for three years he's doing well um, he's still struggling because of what I'm about to tell you And so I asked him, so what is, you know, the essence of it was, why is it that you think that sponsoring events is somehow going to make leads rain down on you? And he was smart enough to know that there's no way that would be the case. But his perception was that that's what he was supposed to be doing, spending his money sponsoring events. And I pointed out to him, the reason that his competitor, this person in particular in this marketplace, who he says is very dominant, is very dominant, is because she sponsors the events – but that's not the reason. She's doing other things. And the sponsoring of the events is just, in essence, keeping her name in front of them. But she's most likely proactively prospecting. She's most likely picking up the phone every day and making contacts. She's most likely doing things that are going to be the things that he isn't doing and most other people won't. And the sponsoring of the events does not get her any direct business. It just is something where someone will say, hey, I saw you sponsored the, you know, the, the softball league or whatever it was.
1: So So how do I know this for a fact? To the strong spokes. I agree with you on that because we are proponents of getting out there, building your center of influence, being seen, talking about real estate with people, using the Ford script. But do we have many examples of somebody saying, hey, you know, you sponsored Little League, so I'm listing my house with you tonight. It's never that direct. It's a support spoke, not really that different than some of the online social media, that supports the real work. That's where people are looking for the easy button, to skip that. There is no skipping the real work. We'd tell you about it. That is, our jobs would be easier. Yeah, that's
0: right. We would tell you about it. Yeah, if, if, I wish there was a way to skip the real work because you guys would all get tattoos of, you, uh, of Julie and I, our likeness on your arms, wouldn't you? But there, <laughs> <They're> is, <advertising. laughs> there is no way to skip the real work. And the real work sucks. The real work always sucks. The re- doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it is supposed to suck. Now, does it get easier as you get better and you get used to it? And you get no, it still sucks. <laughs> it always sucks.
1: Different Just ways.
0: Bear with me here, <laughs> but yeah. Bear with me here, Julie. Bear with yep. me, listeners. It's supposed to suck. And the fact that it does suck is the reason that your competitors won't do it, because they're so e- they're so eager to look for things that are comfortable, that won't make them uncomfortable. Most people spend their entire existences on this planet wanting to be comfortable, wanting to be coddled, wanting to be lied to about how you go about losing weight, how you go about accumulating wealth. how you go, And that's the reason most people, you know, when you look at them, when you're out in public, when you go to the, you know, go to the anywhere, what do you see? You see a bunch of overweight people who just are looking for, it wasn't like that always, guys. Our culture, our society, and I'm not going to get in a soapbox. It wasn't always like that. There's this shortcut mentality that's entered into the the fabric of our country that fortunately I see starting to leave because people are realizing they've been lied to. When somebody calls you and tries to sell you leads, in essence, they're feeding – and Julie, I'm trying to walk into your topic for the show today. They're feeding the weakness inside of you. They're feeding your desire to be comfortable. They're trying to take advantage of your ultimately of your unwillingness to do what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level. I mean, I, Julie and I talk about Orange Theory all the time, and, and I'm glad we have because I know from reading emails and running into all of you guys that some of you have started doing Orange Theory, and you know we always get asked about orange theory, you know, and Julie and I are, it, I would argue that we are in the best physical condition of our lives right now. We've been doing orange theory for a couple of years. We changed our diet. We were never out of shape. Julie and I never got out of shape, which I'm glad about. Cause getting back in shape, losing a bunch of weight, I've people doing an orange theory is not easy. Um, so I just want to put that out there that we just went from being an okay shape into what I think is probably great shape. Why am I telling you this? Because we've been doing it for two years and there's not a single day for two years where I've looked forward to going. And I, I'm sure the same is true with Julie. It sucks yes. every day. Yes. It sucks while we're there. <laughs> it's, it doesn't get – it doesn't ever – know what we enjoy the people there. We've made lots of friends. That's great. But the workout always is hard, really, really hard if you're actually going to take it seriously. Now, there are people that show up, and they just walk and talk. I mean, there's a little bit of that where if you're going to be serious about it, you're going to do what you don't want to do, which is going to Orange Theory, making an example here, tying this together for you guys. When you don't want to do it, for us, that's any time.
1: <laughs> that's the, level. And the highest
0: level. Right, and the highest level is when you're there and you're working out, you have to push yourself. If you're not covered with sweat, by the time you're done with Orange Theory – then you are a lazy bastard who will not get the results from having gone in the first place, and you shouldn't have wasted your time and lied to yourself because you're not doing what you don't want to do, and you don't want to do it at the highest level. And the same is true with prospecting. The same is true with lead generation. The same is true with anything. And, guys, look, stop looking for the easy button. So in conclusion, I asked Ron, what were the things? I gave him, because I had to get on the show, right? What are the three things? he's avoiding the most in his business that he he knows, without me having to even coach him to know, that would make the biggest impact on his life. And he just said this, and it pretty much summarizes all three. He said, I don't want to pick up the phone. Yep, that's it. That's what you need to do. That's what you need to do. You need to learn how to pick up the phone. You need to learn how to have meaningful conversations. That's what Premier Coaching is all about. And the more people go to communicating electronically, the more people try to SMS and text and lead follow-up and drip campaign and all this other passive crap, the more people do that, the more important it will be to learn how to pick up the phone because none of those other people are going to do it. That's the reason, guys, that so many of these companies that sell leads have been able to make any money because so many agents are so unwilling to do what they don't want to do and they don't want to do it at the highest level. Are you listening, listeners? Are you really getting this through your thick heads? Because this is the truth. The fact that Zillow exists and all these other companies that generate and cultivate and all this Mickey Mouse that doesn't really work leads for all of you, it's because they know you're unwilling to do it. Now we have a whole generation of agents. You know, Most of you listening have only been in the business since 2007, about when Zillow started selling leads to agents, who – Think it's normal to buy leads. You have never learned, and more importantly, you've never had anyone tell you to learn how to proactively lead generate until you stumbled on Julie and I. And that's bittersweet, isn't it? Don't you kind of sort of wish you never would have? Because now we're telling you what the truth is. You don't like it because we're going to ask you to do what you don't want to do and you don't want to okay. do it at the highest level. <laughs> that's right. And you're listening to us every day. And we're going to nag you until you do it. Well, But here's the thing, guys. If, if you're fat, stop lying to yourself about being fat. You know you're fat. If you're, if you're uh, dumb, okay, because you're not, you know, educated enough on how to help customers, then you got to stop lying to yourself about your lack of knowledge, and you've got to really get good at knowing your market stats. If you're ineffective at being a salesperson, then you need to learn how to be a great salesperson, and you are a salesperson. Stop struggling with what you are. You are a salesperson if you're a real estate agent. And by the way, all the greatest you know, fortunes, all the wealthiest, most successful people in the history of the world have been salespeople. So move past your abhorrence for the idea that you're a salesperson because you are. If you're not or if you don't think you are, that might be the very reason why you're struggling and will always struggle because you're in conflict with what, the, what you're expected to be. You're expected to be a great salesperson. So make your own list. What are the things that you're avoiding the most in your business, in your life, that would have the most impact definitely losing weight i promise you everyone listening needs to lose weight definitely learning how to basically better manage your money definitely learning how to make a list start with the things that you want to do the least because when you see yourself doing those things those are going to when you see yourself finally for most of you you know i always ring this bell again because it's so true when most of you go haul your overweight butts into orange theory and you start doing that and, oh, I go to the gym myself, mm-hmm, yeah, how's that working out for you? Go to Orange Theory, and know they don't sponsor us. But Orange Theory, if you happen to be listening, we're definitely open to you being should. sponsored, just for the record. <laughs> just throw it out there. <laughs> but look, moral of the story is is do what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level and stop looking for shortcuts. If you're one of our coaching members and you think you're, you know, or you're, you're you know, joining coaching with us and you think we're going to tell you shortcuts, we won't. This podcast, all we do is skim the surface of what you get in Premier Coaching. It's just, this, is just a, this is just a tickle. That's all this is. <laughs> when you get into Premier Coaching, you know, guess what? That's the real deal. That's where you're actually going to learn the scripts, learn the, uh, the presentations, learn how to do what other people won't do, and then you'll have a life that other people never will. It really is that simple. So listen, guys, we've made it easy for you. All you've got to do is text the word HARRIS. H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. Text the word Harris to 31996. And when you do, we're going to give you six free books, and we're also going to give you the real estate treasure map. Thank you, Grow Rich for Real Estate. You're going to be entitled then to a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches where they're going to help you create your lead generation wheel. I know most of you don't know what that is. You will after you have your coaching call. And then you can also learn about Premier Coaching. It's that simple, folks. Take action. Text the word Harris to 31996, and yes, I know Harris and harass are very similar words by design, but in this case, it's Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S to 31996, okay, Julie, just for the record, Ron got me fired up there, so Julie's got a really cool topic for all of you guys today,
1: all right, perfect, (laughs) this is one of my favorite stories, because I think everyone can relate to this, it's relatively short, stick with you, so this is a Cherokee tale of two wolves. One evening, an old Cherokee told his grandson about a battle that goes on inside people. He said, my son, the battle is between two wolves inside us all. One wolf is evil. It is anger, envy, jealousy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. The other wolf is good. It is joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. The grandson thought about it for a minute, and then he asked his grandfather, which wolf wins? The old Cherokee simply replied, the one you feed. So it's a really simple, lovely story, and it's very true. I actually just used this story with a coaching client for her benefit But also, she's going to use this with one of her wayward sellers who's going through a tough time and is in a place of indecision. So which wolf are you going to feed? Everyone has two wolves running around inside of you. The evil wolf or the good wolf is fed daily by the choices that you make with your thoughts. What you think about and dwell upon is mirrored in your life and influences your behavior. So we have a choice. You can feed the good wolf, and it'll positively affect our character, habits, and behavior, or you can feed the evil wolf, and the whole world will turn negative around you. It's like poison, and will slowly eat away at your soul. So here's the introspective part, the take action and the practical, actionable thing from today's podcast. Which wolf are you feeding? Here's some questions for you to examine throughout your day. Which wolf are you feeding? Because this is not just a momentary thing you make these little micro decisions all the time. Which wolf do you feed when you wake up? I can tell you waking up at 6 a.m. to take Zoe to school. I am not a natural morning person. I know that's a negative affirmation. But my first thought is definitely I'm feeding the evil wolf. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe I have to get up in the dark, especially when it's cold and raining. And why does a five-year-old have to go to school anyway? (laughs) Okay, so it's easy for me to, to think, what difference would it make if we stayed home and played? Okay, but then... I have to switch to the good wolf immediately and remind myself of what a joy it is to spend the morning with her and all the fun stuff that we do in the morning on the way to school and her singing songs. Now she's playing the tambourine along with the song on the way to school. It's pretty awesome. But I have to make that decision to feed the good wolf. So when you wake up, what is your first thought? It might be not that positive, but you are in control. Now, others of you are morning people. You spring out of bed, you're ready to rumble. Good for you guys. You're feeding the good wolf first. So what about when you begin your work day, good wolf or evil wolf? Are you thinking about all of the tough things and the stressful stuff you've got to deal with and it's dragging you down and you're feeling more and more negative? Well, then it's when the evil wolf is winning. That's what you're feeding. What about when what you allow yourself to read, listen to, and be influenced by? <clears throat> is that the uh, good wolf news network or the bad wolf news network that you're listening to? What are you feeding? How do you choose to negotiate with clients and other agents? I often get questions on Premier Coaching where it's our coaching clients having to deal with sort of negative or overly aggressive, at least in their minds, other agents. And so some of this is how to manage other people and still feed your own good wolf while you're dealing with somebody else's negativity. But I think it's helpful to recognize that that's what's going on with someone and try to have compassion for them. What about your outlook on lead generation tim you were just talking about this are you an easy button person because the bad wolf loves the easy button or are you turning it around and being more of the compassion and kindness and how you can be of service feeding the good wolf so uh, the people you associate with that's a great place to look at that are they more on the positive or negative side what are you saying to yourself throughout the day Um, how you present yourself to your prospects your clients friends and family You know, I see with that particular point, some agents that are not working on their flexibility and versatility will say, well, I just didn't hit it off with them or I only like to work with clients that are just like me, that get me. Well, that's an expression of ego, isn't it? And was an ego on the list of the bad wolf traits that you're feeding? So you have to watch out for that. And then, of course, we have what are your goals and dreams? Do you have them? Did you do the treasure map? And assuming that you did the goals in five areas of life, are you taking action on them? So the close to this is this question. What are you going to do now differently now that you know the Cherokee story? And you have a picture of the good wolf on one shoulder and the bad wolf on the other shoulder. Who are you feeding? And when you get into stress and conflict, ask yourself that question. What are you going to do about it? Which one are you feeding? So that's my talk about the Cherokee tale of two wolves. Back to you, Tim. I have to give Here's the, the
0: thing that, here, no problem. <laughs> Here's the thing that sneaks up on all of us, and Julie touched on it. Is you have to be very careful, like you know, using sticking with the story where how the bad wolf sneaks in, and that's the reason that Julie and I created ages ago. What we uh, sort of a, I don't know, maybe it's a philosophy of life. I don't, I wouldn't go as far as to say that, but it's certainly something that lends to a philosophy of life, and that would be being media free. Um, there is – you have to assume at this point that all forms of media – and I know this is not a true statement, but I want you to approach it as if it were, uh, because it'll give you, you're going to give yourself permission to you know, be media-free. All forms of media are, is corrupt. Every There's no such thing as unbiased news anywhere. They're, everybody's trying to sell you something. They're trying to convince you of something. And the problem is is that nowadays is that people just stay locked into a specific way of thinking. It's not even you – know, there used to be a belief that in, before you form an opinion, you should, be, you should consider both sides of an argument, but people don't think that way anymore. Y- and you know what? People might say they think that way anymore, but then you ask them what they read or who they listen to, and they all basically they'll just, – they're constantly reinforcing what they already believe. Their friends, their family, their – you know, everything – all the, at Facebook, everything, it's all crap. Maybe not friends and family, but you guys get the point. The media-free aspect of approach to life will feel liberating once you basically have uh, evolved into it. Because when you start going media-free, and what is again, let's define it. Do not listen to the radio at all. You should not be listening to the radio. You can listen to podcasts. You can listen to books on tape. You can listen to you know, download music without commercials. Do not listen to the radio, number one. Do not listen to talk radio, number two. Do not listen, and look, I get it. Some of you guys are addicted to talk radio. I understand that. But just hear me out, okay? Do not listen to anything that's going to reinforce your current views because you're becoming brainwashed. You're becoming myopic. You're, you've, you've developed a closed mind. And that closed mind is going to cost you life experiences. Do you think just because somebody has a political viewpoint that you don't hold true, there's not value in that person that you could greatly benefit from? If you'd like me to make it more practical and tactical, how about this? If you just come off as an extremist on either the left or the right, that, and, and people sense that about you or you're doing it overtly on Facebook, you're going to alienate a ton of people who will never want to do business with you because of the fact that you come off as an extremist on the left or the right. These types of be- behaviors do not make sense. And this is what happens is this is what's happening to our culture right now is that we're sort of tribing up. We're all sort of falling in line with other people that believe like we believe. And the media is having a field day. The media is definitely – you know they make money – by drama by creating problems all the things that you, julie and i avoid talking about politics as much as we can but the reality of it is politics has become corrupt it always has been corrupt but now it's really become corrupt and no this is not a pro or anti-trump statement it's a fact politics when you listen to what politicians are saying i think more than ever you cannot believe them, and you do not have enough information or most times intelligence to discern whether or not what they're telling you is the truth or not. Neither do I, because I don't know enough about the different topics to really have an opinion. You have to give yourself permission to say, I don't know, and I'm just freaking fine with not knowing, because you don't need to know. It's not your imperative as a human being to be up on all the latest gossip that's happening in one form of media or the other. So when you go media-free, that means social networking. That means all forms of media, anything that you're allowing into your brain that's influencing the way you think. I need you to consider doing that because when you do it, you're going to, here's what you're going to experience. At first, you're going to go through withdrawal, similar to like if you got off coffee Or maybe something a little bit harder than coffee, right? Which, you know, Julie and I aren't big drinkers or anything, so I can't relate. But coffee, yeah, I've gotten off coffee before. That sucked. But I have to also tell you, a lot of you who are going to go media-free, you're going to feel the same types of convulsions, if you will, emotionally mostly, because you're going to think, your ego is going to tell you you're not being informed. Your ego is going to make you have little panic attacks because you don't know exactly what the last tweet was from whoever, that's what's going to happen, and you're going to experience those feelings for like a week or two. You will. You'll have this un, sort of un, this oddly misplaced, um, paranoid confusion. You just won't understand why you feel it's because you're going through media withdrawal. It's real. Here, I'll, it's literally real. This isn't just a mindset thing. When you hear something that is uh, designed to be shocking, you get a little, your brain gets a little spark. There's a little chemical reaction that happens uh, when you hear some sort of salacious news. You get this little hit of, I forget what the actual brain chemical is, but it's, it's literally something that you get addicted to. Uh, th- again, not a mindset point, guys, because Julie and I are not, you know, that's, we don't, we don't s- swim too deeply into those waters because a lot of mindset stuff replaces action and julie and i are all about action moral of the story here guys go media free because when you go media free after you get through the withdrawal what you're then going to experience is an unbelievable feeling of freedom that you've probably never experienced before and the things that you have always felt and said and give lip service to being important in your life they're all of a sudden going to rise to the top your family god your goals life appreciation for others, things that really truly matter. All of a sudden, they're going to become incredibly omnipresent in your life, like maybe they've never been before. They've always been there, but you've kept them under this very thick, scratchy wool blanket of media, of drama, of ego, of evil. That's what all that is. So that's the evil wolf, guys. That's the bad wolf. That's where he starts. That's where he creeps in. He creeps in by, you know, through innocuous things like the media, through have you heard type gossip, things like that. So I strongly suggest if you want to take this seriously, if you just want to experiment with what Julie and I shared with you on this podcast today, start by going media free. I challenge all of you to do it for a day, just a day. Once you've done it for a day, go for a week. I'm, look, no Facebook. Stay off Instagram. Stay the hell off Twitter. What a bunch of garbage that is. Don't listen to any of the news channels. Don't listen to anything on talk radio. Maybe listen to a good long-form book. Don't make it a political book. Don't try to game what I'm asking you to do. I know what some of you are going to do. Listen to something like on the weekends. Um, I listen to stuff like I listen to maybe some you know books on Navy Seals and things. That's sort of a you know. But I also listen to a lot of dystopian uh, books like science fiction stuff. Why do I listen to that? Because it has nothing to do with my normal life. <laughs> nothing. It has absolutely no relation whatsoever to what I do normally in in my professional career. And my brain needs a break, you know. <laughs> so that for me is a nice break. Uh, Julie, well, Julie plays, you know, a lot of time with Zelly. Like last <laughs> night, it was uh, I believe they were playing Unicorn Airlines.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Unicorn Airlines, what did you say, where we do such a good job delivering you that you're not sure where you're coming or going from at any point in the trip? <laughs> so she's She five. changes around from – flying from – last night, I think we were – I'm pretty sure we were flying from Paris to New York to L.A. to Hawaii, which she's figured out on her own, which is pretty cool. But I never know which leg of the trip is we're deep. on cause, you know, yeah.
0: Well, for five, she's pretty well-traveled at this point, you have to admit. She's been, I mean, she's traveled more places before she's five than I had before I was 30. I know, right? You too. I know. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely.
1: So, yes, but that's, you know, you cannot play with Zoe and not be present. It's impossible. Either somebody will get hurt (laughs) or, you know, you'll be unfocused. She just has that ability. I think puppies are like that. I think You know, certain really good shows or movies are like that, but you have to choose very carefully. Um, One of the podcasts I listen to to keep my musician brain active is just, um, it's called Sticky Notes, and it takes a certain piece of music and explains things about the composer and what you're supposed to listen to. And I've had a lot of aha moments of stuff that I've actually played before because it's completely different than everything else we do. I think Orange Theory has an element of that. I like the effort equals results, which you don't always get with real estate, certainly. You don't get with coaching. You know, it's a process. But when you go there and you run and you make it to three miles, you had effort equals results. And I think that that is very much in keeping with feeding the good wolf. I think you've got to be very active about it and uh, do it on purpose. Or, as you said, the evil wolf will sneak up on you. You won't even know it until it's too late. In-
0: and stay close to people that are going to reinforce the good wolf. Um, and, you know, that's another hard thing. And this is a this is a struggle that everyone has. As, as you start to transform into a better version of you, let's say you're going to decide you're going to lose some weight. You're going to give yourself a year to lose, you know, whatever your goal is. And you're going to set your finances in order. You're going to learn skills. You're going to get your shit together for the ser- first time probably in your entire life. You're tired of your own bullshit, and you're actually going to do something about it. Okay? So let's say that's you you will be shocked by how many people in your centers, in- your friends and family will reject your attempt to transform. And they usually, they won't do it overtly. They'll do it covertly. They'll say, they'll, they'll know you just went to Orange Theory, but they'll, you know, encourage you to eat some carby garbage food. They'll in- invite you out, and they'll make sure that you always are, they'll do things, and you need to be observant of this. Your best friend forever. When she sees you're losing weight, She's not necessarily going to be happy about it. Julie, you just gave out a little uh, cackle there. I'm wondering why.
1: Yeah, well, uh, just because I hear it from coaching clients. You know, you, you start to see who's supportive of you and who isn't. And I think that many times people will say things inadvertently. They don't even realize that they're being negative. It's, it just sort of slips out. And I think that depending on the degree of friendship and the degree of what they said, you have to be a little bit forgiving of that. And oftentimes, your being the leader is making them uncomfortable. And so that's something that they're either going to work through and join you, or they're going to feed the evil wolf. And you've just got to give it a little bit of time to see which direction they go. But yeah, I see it all the time. I see it with uh, coaching clients that are starting to pull away from the crowd in their office. They're starting to see more success. They're achieving their goals. They've got you know goals in five areas of life, and they're actually doing it. And, and an agent will say something like, Well, you must not be spending much time with your family then, you know, something snarky like that. You you just have to put up your filters and make sure you know which wolf you're feeding. So on that note, I'm going to go take care of my premier coaching flock and make sure that they are staying with the good wolf. We're going to answer a lot of great questions I've got in queue already. So I will turn the call back to you. I'm sorry, the podcast back to you. So,
0: So here's the moral of the story. Here's your homework. Consider what we talked about. We gave you guys a lot of good information today. Are you actually listening, or are we just motivating you? It's time for you to take a real hard look at what you look like, what you feel, what your bank account is, what you know, who you're able to help. It's time. It's past time. Do something about this. Text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. Get started there. If you guys need us for anything, we are here always. My email address is Tim at com, or Julie at com. Oh, I've been getting an onslaught of people asking about brokerage. I switch brokerages. What's the difference between this brokerage and that brokerage? I know it's because we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. If you want to talk with me specifically about what your brokerage situation is, feel free to email me directly, tim at timandjulieharris.com. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs,